Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome back to the Paddle and Fin Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Yak Gadget. For all your kayak fishing accessory needs, go to yakgadget.com. Pelican cases, coolers, and lighting. Go to pelican.com. The 153 Bait Company. For all your hard and soft bait needs, go to the153anglers.com. Now let's get this show started. What's going on, guys? Drew Gregory here. Jimmy, as you can see, is not to either side of me or above me or wherever he is on the screen, usually. But I've got some really cool guests here today for the Paddle and Fin Reel Down and I am pumped to talk to these guys about the Kayak Bass Fishing National Championship. It was a blast. And the guys I'm bringing on today, uh, I'm telling you, this is, this is going to be one you're going to want to listen to the entire way through. Because there's going to be some funny stories and uh, some good insight on the National Championship that we just got back from. And are finally caught up on sleep. So, these guys were all in the house that I rented, the Airbnb house. And that's, that's where a lot of the stories will come from, I'm sure. But uh, they're good anglers. They all finished very highly. So let's uh, let's bring on the crew here. Let's see who we're going to talk to. First off, we got Mr. Ken Morris. You guys all know Dr. Noisewater. What's up, everybody? How you been? <laughs> been good, man. Been good. Excited to talk about this, uh, this yeah. championship here. Let's Absolutely. add these other other characters in and let's see who they are here. Like, oh, man, Mr. that guy's boring. Who else you got? Yeah, yeah. Dusty Yacker. What's up, Dusty? What's up? Good evening, y'all. Dusty Yacker here, a.k.a. Dustin Doom. Welcome back to the Yak from the north, south, the east, and the west. What? Are you reading that, that off a prompter? Dude, that was like scripted. <laughs> Get out of here, man. Scripted perfectly. Oh, Mr. Robert Weicker. What's up, man? What's up, champ? The fixer. Um, what's up, guys? As Dusty says, a.k.a. the fixer. <laughs> the fixer. If, you, if, you, if anything breaks down, I'm going to fix it for you. We That's right. Go. 
<laughs> no doubt, man. Hey, I'm going to have to uh, make sure you're included in every Airbnb rental for any tournament I go to. <laughs> I might start, I might start comping your, your entry to you uh, your payment, your rent, whatever. You, know. you yeah. should. I mean, only charge a hundred bucks an hour to fix everything. Yeah. So we're good. Yeah. I'll comp your rent. You're my uh, pit crew chief. Cause I need one. Trust me. <laughs> uh, you guys, if you weren't, you know, keeping up on social media, well, I didn't even post much on social media, but some people have probably heard, the troubles I had. So thanks to uh, Robert and all the guys at the house, uh, you know, we, we just had a great time and you helped me fix a lot of stuff. And uh, we had, we had Jason Lyall, Mike Fink, Tim Perkins, George Nemeth. We just had a really good house of, of guys. And that to me, guys, this is a great way to, to kind of start into it. What I wanted to lead with, which is how cool the, the kayak bass fishing national championship is that it's, it's not like, like, like Chad said on the stage, he kind of wants to reiterate. Cause I think, People are starting to, to say things like this isn't a quote unquote, the elite, uh, you know, event, you know, like he said, it's not meant to be. This is more like a kayak fishing rodeo. You got all the elite anglers there, but it's also a time where we can all get together and have a lot of fun, rent a big, big house with a lot of guys. And just, man, I, I miss those times. I got to admit, man, I've probably fished better when I'm by myself and an Airbnb and actually get more sleep. But at the same time, man, the memories we made are priceless. So what are you guys thoughts on, um, you know, the KBF national championship, just, just as a whole, I guess we'll start, uh, we'll start over there with, with, with you, Ken, why not? You're up, you're up top here on the screen. We'll start with you and move right. to dust, dusty and then Robert. Gotcha. Um, I think the event's a lot of fun. Like you mentioned, it's not necessarily a gauge of, um, the, <clears throat> you know, some people may have a good day and a couple good days or a spot or something. I mean, I don't know. Like it's not a great, it's not the best gauge of the elite, but the elite are there. And you can definitely pull out your own measuring stick to see how you stand up against those guys, all the hammers. It gives you a chance to compete against them in, in, in a way that's a little bit different than the trail series. Plus, you know, they always pick destination areas to go fish, like the Shreveport area that has amazing, amazing fisheries around it, especially the ones we got to pick from. There's monster bass to fish for. You get to meet people like if you end up in a house with Dusty Acker or the Fixer or anything <laughs> like that. You get you get to meet people and make new friends and like you know like kind of understand where different angles of uh, how people approach this because I guarantee what I did was different than what Dusty did that it was different from what Bobby did, which you know is is amazing that we can all you know stand around finishing that top ten percent of that whole event and we all are doing different stuff and we're not even invading each other's like, you know, like, what are you throwing? What's or that? We just like, you know, it was just super cool. It, I don't yeah. have much else to say other than that. Like it was, it was really cool just to hang out with a bunch of, you know, fr old friends and make new friends and, you know, be fishing for a yeah. week straight for monsters. I mean, that's it. But who else can Dude. complain about that? 100% man. I agree. Dusty, what about you, man? Some, some thoughts on the, on the week there? Yeah, you know, you know, I think anytime you assemble that, that caliber of, of kayaking, uh, kayakers there, re regardless of the qualification process, uh, I think it's something special. And I, and I do, I do think it's, uh, um, I, I, you know, I, I do think that cream rises to the top. I do think that you have to wade your way through some of the best to play this game. So, um, in that respect, it's very cool. And I also think that, um, you know, whatever you like to say about KBF, they do, they've done a wonderful job with um, kind of making that uh, KBF NC their, their flagship event um, and some wonderful promotion about it. I mean, we're, we're not, we're not terribly far removed from a hundred thousand dollar payouts and um, you know, sort of uh, how, how, how neat that was uh, to, to elevate, um, you know, our young sports. So 
Uh, it's a flagship event. It's very neat. Um, I would never dream of missing it as where it was at in Shreveport. Uh, <coughs> swamp is, uh, you know, I, I wrote about it in a post. It's it's otherworldly. It's a it's a it's a it's such a special place to to be, and I think it has like a unique pull to it. I think once you've been there, um, you want to hurry and get back to it. Uh, I would have loved I would have loved to seen the um, the, the championship scheduled in the spring. Speaking of that, so I'm real anxious to get to the KBF event next year. That's uh, NCATO, I think, in March. Um, yeah. But uh, like Ken was saying, it is a, it's just a great uh, time to celebrate our sport and celebrate um, what we're all doing um, and celebrate, uh, you know, all the potential it has for the future. And um, it, it was in a great place to do that. I had, I had a ton of fun. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Bobby, Mr. Mr. Fix it there. <laughs> well, to me, the, the national championship, I always look forward to it because that's a reunion for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm from Tennessee. I cut my teeth in a kayak fishing down in Tennessee, and then I moved to Ohio, and I have been here for four and a half years. So when I go down there, I get to see all my buddies from Tennessee. I get to hang out with them. When I go down to the award ceremonies, I always tell my buddies that I'm with in the house because it's usually a local house, and I'm like, hey, listen, we're going to be at the awards for a long time. we got a lot of catching up to do. I haven't seen these guys in a year. So I love to go down there and just, just to, like I said, reunion. Like I get to just see everybody that I that, that I. I grew in this sport around that I didn't that I don't ever get to see anymore. And yeah, absolutely, man. Louisiana, having the having it down in Louisiana, I missed it the year before last. I had a lot of things going on with business and stuff and couldn't get down there. And uh like Dusty said in the spring, <laughs> it wasn't on my hit list to go next year on my schedule, but now absolutely. I yeah. can't wait to see what that place shows up for in the spring. So dude it's awesome man. That's it's pretty awesome. much it for me. That's I love this... to go down there just to see everybody yeah. all over again. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. That, that's where this check came from, in the spring. In the spring, Shreveport <laughs> in the spring. That was my second place to, to Mike Elsey. It's awesome, man. It's definitely one to go to. So I'm going to bring up something that's pretty interesting, what you guys just said. The theme, to me, like I celebrate the differences of the KBF National Championship, the TOC, the Bass, you know, Bass Nation Kayak Series Championship, all the all the major ones in our sport, I, I like that they're different. You know what I mean? People like want to get online and debate this or that. It's like, dude, I love the way this is. You know, it's like this big party reunion, like you guys just said. And you get to share and you go back in the house with all the guys, you know, you get to share it in the successes or the miseries, which which more more often than not, there's like you know, a group of guys who either lost fish or things didn't go right and you're kicking stuff, kicking cans or just ticked off. You want to punch a wall and you get to like laugh at each other and sort of like realize that it's not just you that had some stuff go wrong. And, and, you know, and you get to pump each other up. It's like, it's, I like that, but I celebrate the differences. And I think that if you look at golf, my, my best analogy for what I'd love to see our sport turn into is four majors. We already got three. I think we need one, one more, but four and, equally spread out so it gives enough time to build up right to each one so in golf you've got the masters which is run by just the augusta national golf club that's it it's not run by the pga tour the usga it's not run by the obviously the the folks in europe that that run the british open and it's a total unique event held at the same course every year it's something special about that right but then you got the pga championship run by the pga you got the u.s open which is run by the usga you got you know the 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 open championship, which is run by the, the basically the, the golf governing body in, in Europe. So they're all different. They're all unique. And you got this buildup. So what we have are three right now. And maybe just maybe that U S open that, uh, they got postponed this year. Once it gets back up and going, maybe that can become 
another major because they may have like a team component to it. You got the the countries there and the, the whole like so maybe that could become the fourth one. I don't know, but I love it. I celebrate the fact they're all different and and uh, I just had a good time hanging with you guys and. I know we're going to get into some of those stories, but anybody else have any other thoughts on it before? We- yeah. Well, you know what, Drew? I mean, you, you touched on two like kind of different topics there, and I'm sure we'll get to both of them. Um, you know, real briefly, you talked about the fact that we have some big, we have, you know, different trails, uh, different entities getting in this game. I think it's a reason to celebrate that we have enough space like that with where attendance is, is very consistent, uh, you know, spread out amongst these four, you know, trails. But <clears throat> While, while there are definitely reasons to celebrate, you know, uh, some of the unique things that, that individually they bring, there's, I think that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I think there's a lot of room for uniformity that I think there needs to be. Yes. More of. And, I, and I know that we talked about this a little bit. Um, so maybe we can touch on that a little bit later. But then you also talked about um, the uh, <laughs> the different personalities in the house and the different reactions. <laughs> oh, yeah. So these are these are two great topics that we should table. And definitely talk about um, yeah. uh, 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 specifically the the, the, char- the characters and the personalities in, in, in the house yeah. because um, you know uh, catch out uh, not to make a shameless plug here but catch outdoors has a video coming out soon uh, featuring Cody Milton and uh, we didn't plan it this way but uh, I mean he's obviously hyper hot super relevant we have a wonderful video coming out with him but in the video he touches on the fact that you learn a lot um, by seeing how guys react. You learn a lot by seeing how guys react in the heat of the moment. You see how you, you in, in fact, I think verbatim, he says, you see how got you see how guys handle themselves uh, after, you know, where they're sitting after day one, you know, things like that. So it was it's super interesting to like, you know, edit this video and see that so many times and, and, and recall our conversation on the boat and then and then see, you know, yeah. um, you know, to be able to analyze the antics of the individuals, including myself, uh, you know, in the practice rounds and the days leading up to competition. And then, of course in the competition so yeah absolutely dude i don't know where you want to go where we want to go with that there was two good topics there um, <laughs> maybe 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 we can each individually share our experiences about you know uh maybe a highlight or two or a downlight or two uh, a low light or what if you will um about maybe like practice or the actual tournament you know maybe yeah more. let's do that well let's One say let's all go around and say what place we finished and then just a super quick little synopsis i guess of 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 our tournament and then, and then before we even do that, though, I want to make sure we mention right, right off the bat because it's still early in the podcast. We're twelve minutes in. Um, you know, just obviously the winner was Guillermo Gonzalez, and big congratulations to Guillermo. I mean, just totally. yeah, Absolutely. well done. Three days putting up, uh, you know, oh, averaging over hundred inches. I think he probably hit over hundred. I don't have the leaderboard. Ken, maybe you can put your uh, producer hat back on and even pull up that leaderboard in case we need it at some point. I don't know if we'll need it now, but. In case we need it, you might even want to, or I was going to say you, or maybe Dusty later on, and might even have a little YouTube video you want to put up and show if you want to get that queued back up for later. Yeah, 100%. He, he, he averaged over 100 inches because he had 103 and a half, 100 and a quarter, then 100. So, <laughs> so yeah, that's unreal. Um, so, congrats to Guillermo. Look, I mean, I don't know what to say about the guy. There's been so many good things posted about him and uh you know all over social media i don't really know what what's left to say i mean other than i've known guillermo for a long time he's one of the classiest best guys it's everything that you've seen written about him in the comments and on social media it's all true i like ditto for me i agree with it he's he's an amazing yeah. guy and uh never heard anybody say a bad thing about him so for him to win it i mean it couldn't be a better champion for our sport you know for the next year so 
yeah, congrats yeah. to Guillermo and, and Cody for going, going second place, like like uh, Dusty said. Yeah, absolutely. Let's not forget that he's coming off first place at the Hobie Pickwick. <clears throat> yes, that's right. So that's, I mean, those are those are. I mean, these are incredible back to back wins, especially back to back. This this most recent win. Um, you know, yeah. uh, uh, let's give a shout out to Cody and to and to Matt yep. too. These are uh, you know three guys that work their tail off um, during the season, and I can uh, speak closely to that because I was with them for a large yep. portion of that. And I see what goes into these kinds of things. And, um, you know, it's funny because, um, you know, invariably, you know, posts start leaking out on social media, you know, that somehow want that, you know, in, in not in a malicious way, not in a way that's, 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 that's poor or bad, right. but just somehow in a way that wants to deduct or take away or reduce somehow the accomplishments whether it's the sentiment of it's the same people at the top or, you know, the, the idea that the sharing of information is somehow, you know, so, you know, solicitous right. to, to just the people involved and that there is no access to information other way, like, like things like that. And right. I just want to, I just want to touch real quick on, on how I can speak, you know, to, to not only witnessing the, t- the type of good old fashioned grueling, grinding, hard work it takes to do these things, uh, not only witnessing that, but also taking part in that. Probably, truly, for the first time in my life when it comes to being able to attack kayak fishing full-time, like literally go, not even going home, going from tournament to tournament on the road in different, you know, in, in different in different settings with, with different tackle requirements and and all the other things that we have to deal with, as as we know, as we'll probably talk about later. It's this hard, thing that, yeah. That don't have nothing hard. to do with the water and casting and fishing. So, um, so yeah, so, so in that respect, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was great to see them, uh, win and it was definitely the culmination of hard work and, and absolutely not the result of, you know, some privileged niche or, you know, um, access to some whispering hole or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's all within the rules. So until they, until they change that rule, if they ever do, which, you know, bass, uh, Bassmaster and, you know, other major trails like that allow anglers to share information if they so choose. You know, so, you know, if it's within the rules, if you're if you're not doing it or whatever, then that's just your decision not to do it. And if you want to do it, then that's your decision to do it. It's within the rules. So I got no issue with it. Um, so let's go around. Um, Ken, that's a good topic, man. No, no, it is a great topic. I could go on all, all these topics for we so should, long. We should, we should go around and say our opinion on that, like whether you think well, that's that, cool or not, man. No, I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. yeah, go for it. Yeah, go, go, Robert. I mean, if you really think about it, yeah, what do you think, man? When we, when we first moved into the house, we were all pretty tight-lipped. Everybody had a practice. Totally. And we, we would get back from practice and be like, well, we caught three or, or, or somebody caught five. But then if you really if you really lay it out there, so yeah. day after day one of the tournament, Ken told me exactly what he was doing, what he caught him on, everything. And I told right. him what I was doing. See, yep. I told you what I was doing, how I was yep. catching him, drew the same thing. <laughs> yeah. So we yep. all went from – practicing and kind of doing our own little yada yada but then once things really got down to the nitty-gritty we're not i mean we're not a team here like you guys were on motor guard i was on blue canoe dusty was on catch totally but we developed that bond and we were all like i mean we all wanted to see each other do great so then you look at at cody milton and the the guys he's running with they've been out here for seven eight nine ten days in a row grinding on the same lake working together but maybe they weren't working together. Who knows? But still, I don't, you I don't, develop you develop that bond with each other, and I kind of developed the trust with all of you guys. Like, hey, Ken, you're catching them on this. Well, here's what I'm doing, and I told Ken, I said, hey, I'd be fan casting doing whatever you're doing. He's already doing what I told him <laughs> I would 
and I would right. I would advise them to do. But I mean, once whenever you get in that situation, I wanted to see Dusty win first place. I'm just as bad as he wanted the rest of us to win. Like it yeah. was like that's just the way we do things. That's that's us as, as humans. Yeah. Or you, you, yeah, you, you, you can, you can, uh, you can, there's, there's a lot of empathy involved is what I'm trying to say. And as much as, as much as you are striving for your own individual goals, and of course it's a competition and it's individual and we all have the selfish desire to win. You, you know what it's like to have that and, yeah. and to be able to, to be able to, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes is super easy for sure. And the more, and the more you can do that, the, the healthier it is and the nicer it is yeah. as a nice cushion for the competition. Cause what he's talking about is a neat thing that, that we kind of did, you know? Yeah, for sure. I, I've seen, I've seen the polar opposite. Yeah. 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 I don't want to live with the guys that I want to cut their throat. I want to be in the house with the guys <laughs> that I want to see everybody do good. Well, the, the best thing about it was Drew's email before we even got to the house. You know, he, he addressed a lot of real, real right. you know, realities of what, you know, of the rental house, but then he kind of went above and beyond and like <laughs> li- literally typed yep. out how, you know, we're, we're with a new group of guys and he, he, he prefaced how everybody's not, comfortable sometimes yep. sharing sharing where they were what was working or what wasn't working and that you know maybe direct questioning or you know it might make people uncomfortable yeah. what he was saying was absolutely accurate but just the fact that it was in writing yeah oh yeah <laughs> i love that it's so hilarious i love that email i think that email put us all right where we needed to be yeah totally and we all felt each other out as the week went on and realized where we where we stand so yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah, yeah. Ken, what do you, what about you, man? What do you think about this sharing of information and teaming up and all that and privileged clicks or whatever? If, if that's what, I don't even know what the chatter is, but Dusty just kind of filled us in. Yeah, I, I don't. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't have a problem with it because in the sense of like, you know, it's like, okay. So you look at like high school or college basketball or this or that, like coaches share films all the time. You know what I mean? Like they, they record their own games and they share a film with a different team to get a film from them of another team. So like the, the sharing the information and the, you know, that sort of stuff, the fact of the matter is, is you have to go out, you have to have your lures and your rods and your reels and ready. You have to hit the spots to at the right time, be at the right place at the right time with the right lure to actually make that happen. I think I could have talked to Guillermo for probably 72 hours and I wouldn't <laughs> put up a hundred inches in one day. You know what I mean? Like just because I don't, and, and the, the fact, and you know, I may not fish the same way as him or, you know, what he, the, the, the pattern within the pattern that he figured out, he's still not going to tell me, you know what I mean? I, I just think people read into it too much. They think, it, they think getting that information makes it easy. It's still not easy. You can give me all the information in the world and it's still not easy. You still got to catch them. Right. Yeah. You still yeah. got to get out there and catch them. So, you know, you know, if, if you're, if, if you're really passionate and your true interest lies in being the best competitor you can be, you would not be typing about who's talking to who. You wouldn't be typing about oh, who's got this many days of practice or who has this much time. 
what you'd be doing is figuring out wh- what it takes to get down there and fish. Yeah. You'd be too yeah. busy yeah. practicing yourself. You'd be too busy going through the hard work and all the crazy minutiae that you have to do in order to get through day one, day two, and day three and be successful somehow, or even get down there, period. Yeah. Whether, 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 whether you have tons of time, whether you have a little time. With all due respect to people's individual circumstances and situations, which commands respect because the people, father to four and five freaking kids working full-time jobs and then coming mm-hmm. down there and just acting like a class act and, and, go, and just, you know, just being a wonderful human beings. And then there's people like me who's got all the time in the world, you know, yeah. all the time in the world to go down there and, and practice for 10 days and whatnot. But regardless of those individual circumstances, the bottom line, like we all say, is it just it, it takes the work. It takes the hustle. It takes yeah. the grind. It takes going down there and casting and, yeah. figuring, it out and figuring things out. For sure. Well, first of all, guys, yeah, I was catching 20s all during pre-fishing. Sorry. <laughs> I was. But, uh, I, you know, I didn't quite, like everyone said, you're kind of holding things a little bit tight to the and see, I wasn't. The chest. I, I, I told you guys, I literally caught two fish every day. during. I didn't catch a 20 the whole time we were there. My, my, practice, <laughs> my practice was as brutal as I told you, and I was very concerned about it. And uh, I lost a, a seven-pounder. I mean, I lost one, big, but it was a random one-bite thing. And like Robert said, I think the biggest one I caught in practice was maybe 18 and a half or maybe 18 and three quarters. And uh, right. I was uh, I had little expectations, which which actually worked. Um, it worked wonders it, it, to, to like the, the typical anxiety or um, easy doom and gloom mentality that comes when things start slipping away or when they just don't work your way instead of grinding through with the positive mentality. So kind of having no expectations was like sort of the um, catalyst for me to just be loose as heck, for me to just feel super loose, comfortable, and carefree. And that translated into fishing. Yeah. And that translated into fishing way smarter and better. And I think you're, for example. Yeah. Your pre-fishing didn't paint you into a corner. Well, for example, I was, throwing, I was throwing that buzz bait and 25, 35 minutes into it, I didn't have one bite. And had I been, you know, like impending doom, the wheels start spinning. I might have started picking up two or three things and started maybe retying. Instead, I was so calm and I just kept firing that buzz bait. Bam, 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 bam. So calm, was- yeah, calm, loose, and carefree. Is do you think that's the way the guys in the house would describe your personality yeah. over the last hey, week? Calm, loose, think, and carefree. You think calm and carefree <laughs> was what you heard in the swamp. <laughs> no, but I'm telling you, man. But I'm telling you. <laughs> no, You're, that- I hear you though. I hear you. After day two, after day two and day three, probably not, you know, with some with some losses there. But uh, you know, um, at, at the launch, I mean, if you saw me there, I mean, with the with the guys that saw me, we were just joking and laughing. I mean, I was falling. Yeah, asleep. no. Falling what about, what about that parking time. spot? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> I was a mile from the launch ramp, and I had to get there at like two two thirty or two forty five a.m. just to get a parking spot. So I wind up like sleeping in my car there, and then, oh, of, course, I get, then of course I get blocked in by 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 you know a guy that's. Just, you know, it doesn't seem to really care that he did that. <laughs> Dude, I love, I love the fact that you came away from day one with like 91 inches sitting in like 27th place. Did you have 91 on day one, 92? Uh, I had not 90 and a half, yeah. 90 half. So, and you were just, the, your, your demeanor and you were just ticked off, fired up, like not happy with, no. with not like solely happy. You were like, but I, no, I'm saying it's a compliment. I love that. And I was like, I'm thinking when I ask you how many inches you had, you're going to say like, 83 you know what i mean and you're like 90 and a half oh cool i'm here to win i love it dude i love that fire dude i loved it i loved it i I'm, don't change a thing that's i agree um but I, 
So anyway, but I'll answer that question before uh, we move on and some other rabbit hole. But my so here's my answer to that question is I do not like the fact that we can share information, but there's also no better solution. You see what I'm saying? Like, like if you say no information being shared and, and you get everyone's living in the houses and doing that, then someone's going to share information and break the yep. rules. It's, it's impossible to, so you might as well let anglers share information. Right. Yeah. So because there's no better way to, to police it, um, then I think that's, it's the best it can be right now. Okay. But the bigger issue in long-term big 10,000 foot view for kayak fishing is what you just said, Dusty is in kayak fishing. Now that these entities, KBF and all these trails, what they need is uh, people going to locations. They need numbers, right? Entries, entries tend to, will will at some point will tend to decline from the, the family man with two or three kids. He works and he only gets a day to pre-fish when he continues to see and hear the stories and see the results of, the guys that have more of the time that are there for, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten days pre-fishing will lose that angler. And the, and the entries will kind of dip because it's like, why am I going to keep throwing my money away to these guys? I can't compete because they're they're just camping there for seven, eight, nine days. And again, they it's not against the rules. So I got no problem with it. Cody's one of my best friends and and Guillermo is, too. They all are. And I and I, you know, if, if I can get away like you and, and fish for four or five days, you know, I do, too. But I don't I think that's our bigger issue in the sport, because. I think you're going to start seeing a lot of those guys not entering the events if this continues to be a trend. And there's rules in every, you know, like major tra- like bass boat trail about how many days you can be on the water pre-fishing. Usually it's like three days they get. MLF hardly gets any days. Well, I my, anyway, but I, I got a solution for it. If it could be a win-win for everybody. Well, um, but I, you and, have- I, and I'd love to hear that. And, I, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. So maybe you should talk about that. But 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 maybe I'm jumping the gun, gun here like two or three or four or five steps or even those kinds of years. But yeah. You know, wouldn't it be great that it's realistic for people to jump into the kayak scene full time because the money is there? Wouldn't it be yeah. great, wouldn't it be great for, for 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 a person, you know, for, for more people to be able to realistically entertain these things because, you know, mid-level and major sure. sponsors are, 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 you know, are, are putting behind money and, right. you know, perhaps talk about some of the some of the necessities to get to that level. So that it is realistic, so it is realistic for somebody who maybe isn't happy at their job that has a child or two right. to, to be like, you know what, this would be four. Yeah, yeah, for like this guy. It was, well, it was, only, super, it was, it was only realistic, like mine. Only realistic for me to quit my job because I don't have any children. It was only fair. Yeah. It was only yeah. fair and yeah. legitimate for me to do it because of that. Otherwise, it, it might not have been terribly realistic, and I might have put people in a bind. But, yeah, for sure. But, but, but without that, it's just complete. Like, let's f and go. You know? Yeah, absolutely, dude. So you're saying. Cody, go have some kids, man. Guillermo, go have some kids already. Dude. Come, on. <laughs> guys, come on, man. No, but yeah, you guys just—they better hope they find a super wife like mine, where they can have four kids and get away for a week every tournament, just because she's freaking awesome. Dude, you know? she is a super wife. There, a big shout out to uh, Mrs. Weicker over there. Seriously, that's amazing. But uh, but so no, Dusty, hundred percent, you're right. And if if there is a full time elite series of kayak anglers then it's safe to assume there will be a pre-fishing rule just like the pro series of bass boats. So, so, so why is there not now when actually it probably needs it more now? Because we, here's the deal. Okay. Think about it. We, that that gets back to the uniformity. I mean, there's four different, wildly different entities that are not at all. Right. Cohesive. Yeah, no doubt. And, 
and that well they can't control it because we're not doing it full time. There's not 80 of us in some elite series doing it full time. They can't yeah. control. We all have different schedules, so they can't say you can't. You can only fish the three days before the tournament, right? Yeah. They can't. There's no way. Then then you would actually lose more people. Yeah. The yeah. only solution, and he, and let me and I'll tell you this too. I've actually pitched this last year online, and I've talked about it with Cody and Christine and other people. The only solution that's a win-win for everybody is if you limit the pre-fishing so to like two weeks before a tournament, right? Let's. I'm just saying two weeks. Could be three weeks. Could be whatever. But you let each angler have uh, whatever it is, four days on the water, maximum. They can pick which four. So you start it the weekend, two weekends prior, the Friday. Sure. So there's a weekend, a weekend. So if someone's like an hour and a half away or two hours, they yeah. don't even ha have to miss work. They can go and take two days there, two days the next one. So essentially you've got uh, – and then you've got the Friday before. They could take off maybe the Friday before if they want to pre-fish the day before just to check their stuff. And they get to choose which days they want to pre-fish. Now, if you've got the time – and you're you're like you like you're saying or like myself like I like to do or or the Cody the Guillermo's Christines you would choose probably the four days right before the tournament in a row yeah. you see what I'm yeah. saying to get the most current information but but let's say you're a guy that's got like a Matt Ball he's got kids he's got a he's got a full time job and you know at very at very minimum you're only losing at very minimum if so let's say someone fishes for four the number's four days right. The maximum number is four days you can pre-fish in a two-week window before the tournament. You you know if you only have a chance to, to fish pre-fish two or two and a half or three, at very minimum, you're only losing one day to any of these sticks. So you feel like, oh, I, I can enter that because I'm not really – they're not really getting some, you know, seven, eight-day advantage over me just camping. Now, here's the great thing about this this theory and the strategy and how to do that. First of all, I know people out there are going to say, how do you police that? Well, dude, how do you please someone from keeping fish on stringers out in the lake right now and yeah. just putting them on their catch board, right? I just can't. At some point, it's it's definitely an honor system. And I feel like our, our sport is pretty darn honorable, honestly. I, would I feel like it is. Bro. So that's the first thing people are going to say. That, that'd that be my answer to that. The other thing would be um, if – oh, shoot. What was I – where was I going with that? The train of thought. I just, just lost it. The um, I was talking about four days, right, of pre-fishing. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, – um, it's going to come to me in, in two seconds, but you blew a gas. Oh, here, oh here, no, no, here. No. Yeah. I blew a gas, but I'm back on track. Okay. So now you're going to say, <laughs> well, why would, why would the a dusty yacker or Christine or yeah, Robert fix it already. That was how fast he fixed it. Um, why would Cody, why would Cody and Guillermo and Christine and, and Josh Stewart and, and Russ or whoever has the time include myself in that who can sometimes get away for many days beforehand. Why would they want, that rule why would they want that in place where they can camp for seven eight nine ten days now and i'm gonna tell you right now why because you cannot make a living on simply earnings in kayak fishing right now you, you i mean it's you literally have to just do be the whatever the top three worth the national championship or the winner of the toc totally. or win or win like four events i mean you, i mean really you even adding four hobie events if you won six thousand dollars each that's not a living so how do you make a living sponsors you need to get a little cash from sponsors to help supplement all that, right? So, so, and how do you do that? What do sponsors want? They want content. You can't get, you can't develop content. You can't be editing videos if you know somebody else is going to get more days in the water than you because there's no, there's no limit. So it's like Michael Jordan who always used to say, like somebody else is out there practicing longer and harder than me, so I got to be out there. 
Exactly. Well, not not if there's a rule that says that. Now you can spend that time on the business development side because it's not easy to put media kits together and send it to sponsors and talk to them about things and then well, get the content. It's not. Right. And then get the content, the pictures, photos, and videos and get the content back to them to use and continue to give them what they're looking for. But if you had a limit on the number of days you could be pre-fishing, it would give it would free it would actually in, in Cody and, and all the I think Christine was the same way. Everybody was like, dude, that really would take this burden off of our shoulders. Like, oh my God, I don't have to be out here for seven, eight, or nine days. Well, the well, know. I don't know, man. I, I I think three or four days is perfect anyway. That's plenty. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that's I don't really want any more days. I I no. I could have I could have went to Bistano, uh I could have been right down there and and spent three or four days comfortably at Bistano staying with Jamie's, uh staying at Jamie's, um, you know. And been down there for 10 or 11 days if yeah. I really wanted to. But I did not want to. I wanted like, you know, four, four and a half days. And, you know, yep. that's exactly. kind of like the perfect window. I don't think it's... I could go out and fish after pre-fishing for 10 days. No, I, seriously. <laughs> I was so beat as it was. I'm a, I'm like 100%. I'm 100% opposite on it, I guess. I think if you've got the time, you use it. I mean, I went. I fished the FLW coasters for a full season. I fished three tournaments in New York. I spent forty-five days on the water, pretty much forty-five consecutive days. I had uh, eleven days of practice, uh, tw- or no, twelve days of practice, three days of tournaments, and I just, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm just me personally. I'm not a fan of practice cutoffs. I think if you've got the time, good for you. It's, yeah, it's yeah. a blessing if you if you have the if you don't have you don't have to. Oh, hundred percent. So. If you yeah. can go practice for 25 days in a row and you can be a world champion because you got 15 or 20 days on the water before every tournament and you're willing to work that hard and you want to put yourself through that, good job. You know, High 100%. Every... So, yep. I mean, that's that's just me. I mean, I'm, I, I think it, yeah, that, I, I hate I hate practice cutoffs. We have them here on our, on our local river, and that's all you hear is people raising cane about how I couldn't practice for this and this and this, but – Whatever. I think it's if you've right. got the time, if you've made that lifestyle, if you've made those those choices yeah, in life where you can do it, then, yeah, then sure. do it. Get after yeah. it. So. No, no. I have no issue with if you have the time and it's within the rules, do it. You you should. Um, but what I'm saying in kayak fishing, you can't you can't make a living just in tournament winning. So you're going to be oh, out there spinning your wheels, wasting time, and you're never going to be able to make a living unless you develop those sponsor relationships, which take yeah, time. Sure. And because somebody else has the ability to, like you said, if they have the time, they're going to be out there 15, 20 days, 7 days, whatever – you can't, you're not going to win, you know, well, sometimes you can, but it, your odds can for sure are lessened if you're competing against people that are learning it for a longer period of time. So yeah, that's, that, sure. that's my only, uh, you know, point on that is we just are trying to get more. If, if people are trying to do yeah. it for a living, they actually need to do the other stuff more importantly than practice than, time. Uh, envy is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, it, but anyway, the, um, that's a good topic. So, just uh, real quick then, so w- let's go over what place everyone ended up, uh, and then just give us a, a very short, because I know we're, we w- we have a lot more we want to talk about, a short synopsis on, uh, you know, kind of what you caught your fish on, what your, what your pattern was, not, not like a walkthrough, day one, this, day two, day, you know. So, Ken, do you want to start us off, man? Sure. Um, I finished overall in 23rd place, um, so I was really – happy about that. I was proud of the fact that I was able to, to make it up to 23rd. And basically, like I had briefly mentioned before, I, my practice wasn't great. I only caught like two fish a day, but those two fish a day gave me a lot of information on what's going on. And then, um, I found a topwater bite 
that <laughs> wasn't necessarily true to its its fashion, but it was working. And when it got hit, it got hit by a big fish. So, like, I'm talking a big fish, like, 17 plus 90% of the time. So, it was really out of my comfort zone to commit to that bite in the sense of fear and anxiety of not catching the limit every day. I only got eight, five to eight bites a day, but I committed to that bite, that top water bite that I was working on. And I just laid all the chips down trying to put up big stringers with that bite and it, it worked out. So I was coming extremely uncomfortable the whole day. I was thinking about, I need to catch more fish. I need to catch more fish, but I just kept firing cats out there and working it and knowing that I, when I got hit, I had to seize the opportunity and get the hooks in them because it was going to be a big fish. So right. I, I think I was able to put up 91.75 for the first day, 85 the second day, had a little bit of a dip, couldn't get a big bite going uh, or lots of bites going. I caught five fish and that was it. And then day three, I skyrocketed right back up and put 93 and a quarter down and it was good enough to land me to my third place. So, I mean, that's the quickest synopsis I think that I could put together for what was going on. You know, if you, if you want to be a fly on the wall when uh, Bobby and I are talking about it, you'd probably get a lot more details, but uh, that's pretty much it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Dusty, what, what you got, what place did you end up and tell us real quickly how you caught them. Um, I, I ended up uh, 18th place overall um, uh, and 10th place in the challenge series, 12th place in the trail series. And uh, I did have a bad practice. There wasn't really any definitive pattern. Um, and uh, I pretty much throughout day one, day two, day three, caught the majority of my bigger fish uh, on, a, on, a, on a dark buzzbait, uh, a Nichols buzzbait and um, a shower blow, a topwater walker. And uh, I pretty much alternated between those two and got the majority of my fish on the buzz bait and picked up a few key uh, kickers on the shower blow um, and covered water, covered water and fished the 60 or 70 trees that I marked and some general areas where I tended to find the fish. Um, but uh, not, nothing really came about in practice. I just had faith in uh, top waters and uh, knew that uh, it was just a matter of covering water. That's what I did. And I almost finished a lot higher, but y- you got to get him in the boat. And, uh, yeah. you know, it's, it's just uh, been crushing me lately, not being able to get some crucial clutch fish late, late in the game and late in the tournaments uh, in the boat. So we got to fix that for next year. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the fixer is right there. So let's, you know, maybe he can help you out with that. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us, uh, what, what nice you- segue. Yeah, that was a good segue. Uh, this is not my first rodeo, man. Come on. <laughs> hey, Bobby, what you got, man? Tell us a little bit about your uh, event, where you placed, and uh, how you caught them. Uh, I finished 34th in the national championship, the last spot in the top 10%. And uh, I finished nice. 21st in the trail series, 22nd in the challenge series, I think. And everybody that knows me knows that I, I don't want to fish targets that you can see. I want to fish offshore. I want to fish schools. I want to find that kind of thing. And I, I practiced pretty hard two and a half days. I had nothing, and I was pretty spun out after two and a half days. I was pretty miserable because I expected to go to Louisiana looking for schools of giants, not just five keepers. And uh, then we made a decision. We pulled an audible. We went up to a different lake. We went a long ways to get there, and I found a mega. I found a school of fish, and I found a school that I didn't think was going to be the winning school. 
but I was in ninth in the AOI standings. My goal coming into this tournament was to be in the 10 house. I didn't care about the national championship. It didn't matter. None of the championships mattered. I wanted to make the 10 house. My prediction, I needed 90 inches to make the 10 house per day. <clears throat> Little did I know, I ended up day one with 89.75, day two with 89.75, and I missed the 10 house by an inch and a half. So my figures weren't far off, but they were far enough off that I didn't make it. So I probably caught a hundred keepers in the tournament. Um, I threw a spinnerbait nonstop the entire time. Uh, I used pan optics to find my schools of fish. And it was, and I told these guys in the house, I said, the first day having pan optics, I wanted to sell it. The second day it was the best tool I ever had in my life. Once I narrowed it down, figured out how to use it. It was definitely yeah. a key to, to my success because I could watch the schools. I could watch the fish, see how they reacted, and then throw on them and catch them. If you look at my profile on Facebook, you'll see some panoptics videos that are pretty cool. But Nice. So 30, 34th, I mean, I had a great time. Caught tons and tons and tons and tons of fish, tons of keepers. And um, that's pretty nice, much man. it. It was, it was just kind of. I honestly, I, I set my goal for mediocrity, I guess, not to catch giants, just to catch enough to make it in hindsight. I should have, I should have, should have threw a little bit harder went, went a little bit for more bigger fish, but I was on that school. I knew it was in them and I knew it was going to be 90 inches around 90 a day. So mm -hmm. I settled for that and we ended up where we ended up. So close, man. So close. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I've got a very similar story, you know, being, very close to the 10 house, but not quite there. Um, I, you know, I finished in, I think 29th place. So, uh, you know, cast a check, can't complain. I've got, I've got a streak of checks. I should actually go look back. It's, it's, it's pretty lengthy. So I'm proud of that, the consistency, but it was, it was rough. You know, as you guys know, you were in the house, you saw, I mean, I, on day one, I was in seventh place had 98 inches. I'm sitting, they updated the AOI standings. I'm in first place in the AOI. I mean, it's like my AOI to lose, forget 10 house. It was like, kind of like I was leading. So, uh, and I was on fish. I was feeling good about it. I was, I was punching fish and not a lot of people were doing that, punching them up with the ounce and a half, uh, with, uh, using a Z man goats. Uh, I did catch one big one on a spinner bait. So I had a little bit of that spinner bait going and, and some on the chatter bait, but my bigger bites were coming punching. So anyway, that's, uh, that was day one. And at the very end of day one, a series of events sort of just hit me. I, I dropped my phone in the water and I should have had it tethered. So it's like, it's my fault, you know? And uh, after 30, 45 minutes of you know, looking for it in three and a half foot of water in the swamp, I found it. Everything worked on it, so no problem. My, my photos were in for that day, so no big deal. I just lost 20 minutes of fishing time at the end. And as you guys saw, about 7 or 8 p.m. that night, I get a message on my phone saying I, I can no longer use cellular data. So now I don't have a phone, and I'm scrambling, and my, my motor was kind of acting funny at the end of day one. And so now I don't know if I'm going to have a motor on day two, a phone, and what, what's going to happen. And... Sure enough, man, it was like obviously not God's will for me to to be uh, in the tin house or win the AOI. And and uh, day two, my motor 15 minutes in blew up. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it literally just sparks smoke. It glowed orange in the dark, guys. It was glowing orange. There was a fire inside my motor. It's got, I got that white motor guide head. So uh, and, <laughs> That's you know, scary it was funny because it was glowing orange. Yeah, it was very scary. And I just turned it off and never use it, paddled the rest of the day. And um uh, it's actually a crazy story. I hooked it up at the end of the day and it, and it worked. It had, I think it melted the wires and I think it created a new, uh, where it was shortened out. I think it created a new seal. So it actually worked at the end of the day for a little bit, but was still acting funny. Anyway, I, I say all that just to, you know, I was up the Creek without, not a paddle, without a motor, but I was in the big solo skiff. It was heavy. I had, 
you know, two batteries, the motor, and I had to paddle that thing around in an area that wasn't necessarily where I wanted to be or go. I had multiple places I could have run to. So it cost me, it cost me big time, it cost me the tin house, it cost me, you know, but like we had talked about before, you get to see people's reactions and I'm sure you guys could see I was frustrated and ticked off, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the same time, I just had to, what are you going to do? You know what I mean? Like you just, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I had 78 and a half inches and then I came back on day three. Um, spinnerbait caught my big fish and it caught a um, 22 and a half incher. But I, I came back on day three with just a, a paddle kayak, used a little Crescent Ultralight 10 footer and went up some bayous, some, some creeks in a different, different lake, a couple different ones and um, some new water at the beginning of the day and just found some, found some fish, you know, 17, 18 inch fish. And then caught it that 22 and a half at a different spot. I moved to in a swamp where I just dredged through the swamp and, um, and had to even pull my, swamp. pull my kayak around. Yeah. It was <laughs> For you, you guys there that have followed me on social media, you may remember in Kissimmee, Florida, when this, this trail series started, I was hiking my kayak through a swamp. Literally I got stuck cause the highest choked it out. And that's how I finished my year. I was hiking it through a swamp and, it was pretty much a maze, but I did find a 22 and a half in there and ended up getting 90. What did I have 92 on the last day. So I went 98, 78 and a half and 92 to end up in 29th place. But um, anyway, that, that was my, my tournament. So I can't complain. Cause I still got a check. Um, you know, I was definitely very frustrated, but you know, I've, Ken and I talked our, as well. And obviously it's, you know, we got this newborn coming and um, she'll be a month old during the time of the 10, the 10 house. So, I think it was just God's will for me to be here and uh, maybe be here with her. Not that, it, hey, I'm not saying I'm still going to try to talk to the in-laws and the wife and see how <laughs> things are going and be like, hey, you know, the Invitational is that time. Maybe I could fly down real quick. Maybe <laughs> Ken, Ken or Robert, one of you guys that live nearby, you can take one of my kayaks and maybe I could just fly in, just fish it, and then fly right back. I don't know. We'll see if I get a I'll have room on the trailer. Yeah. All right. So I got to say, though, guys, like I, I don't know how many of you, if any of you have spent – any time with Drew, but he is one of the most glass half full positive people you can be around. Like everything's going to work out somehow, yeah. like sort of person. And after day two was the closest I've ever seen that man just to like be the angriest person and like upset and like the world was burning. I've ever seen him. So like it was real, real serious there for a bit with, with him, but you know, he, we got him to bounce back and get out there and readjust himself and then slam it on day three and get right back up in there to cash a check yeah. and, and recover from that. And that's what really shows the grit of some of these people out here is that that <laughs> adversity it. they can get through to continue to go out and fish and, and not just like throw the rods in the truck and, and call right. it a day. That's right. You just got to look at those problems and think I can fix them. Yeah, I got a right you can. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just honestly, I just literally could not believe the calamities that kept happening. I mean, I got pulled over I'll by the cop, cops that morning for my running lights because they were kind of like my my. I had a short and my um, trailer lights, and and of course, a cop pulls right in between Ken and I and pulls me over. And I'm like, dude, I've got three phones. I don't know what's going on with my phones or which one has signal. I'm switching out SIM cards. I'm using some backup phone that George. Nemeth gave me, and it's like, it's like this big, it's an iPhone six. It's like the Zoolander phone. It's so small. And I can't I have to type some complex password because it was his work phone. They make him put in a complex password every time to see Google maps. It was like nothing, you know, was going right. But anyway, I, I don't want to go on and on about, about that, even though I know it's a, a funny story and whatever, and you guys have already heard it all, but it is what it is guys. It was not meant to be. And uh, I just was just shocked that all so that kept happening because I was on them. Yeah. Let's do this. Like, so like, that was a, a really like in-depth story about Drew. Let's yeah. let 
if they want to or if they have something like that, what is the most adverse or the the difficult thing that you guys had to go through for this tournament? I almost sunk my boat. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> See, I'm not, so, not alone. I've had, not alone. I've had some bad experiences on the water, so I put a bilge pump in every kayak I've ever owned. Since I almost sunk one at one time, we won't say brands or names or nothing, but I was on some serious fish one time to win a tournament, and then all of a sudden my graph just shut off. And I noticed my boat started listing real bad, and I was like, crap. So I opened the hatch. It's full of water. I was like, why am I full of water? It's not going to happen to me again. So I put a bilge pump in every kayak I've owned since, which is four kayaks. Well, I put a bilge pump in my new one. Oh, jeez. And I adjusted some weight the day before the tournament. It was day two of the tournament. I adjusted some weight and made some things a little heavier toward the back. And I'm running. And all of a sudden, I leaned and my boat's about to flip. And I was like, what the heck? Good thing is... We pass our house on the way to our spot. So my buddy's behind me, and I was like, hey, man, I'm going to pull over to our dock. I'm going to grab my kayak. I'm going to yank it up on the dock. I was leaking water through the bilge pump hole that's supposed to keep water out. Oh, Little did I know those pumps don't come with a, with a right. check valve. They don't, I thought they did. Yeah. So 20 gallons in, 20 gallons out, well, it means 20 gallons back in. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, on day two. I thought I was toast. So my buddy Fink, being the great dude that he is, I've got to pull my motor up to paddle a mile and a half through a creek. What is it, Dusty? A mile and a quarter? Through that uh, creek? 1.5. Yeah, one, a mile and a half through a creek. But I can't go to the front of my kayak because if I do, then it's gonna all the water is going to go to the front with the weight of my motor. I'm going to do a front flip. <laughs> so Jeez. I hollered at Fink, and I was like, dude, you got to yank my motor up for me. And he's like, I got you. He yanks our motor up, and I can feel the water as soon as he does go all the way to the back. Bill's pump kicks on, pumps out 10 gallons of water. I start paddling through, and I fish all day long with a boat completely full of water. Every step, every movement, everything. Like, if you lean your hips a little bit, it's fine. And then two seconds later, you're leaning way farther than you ever expected. So I fought it the entire day. They oh, do. Man. But Jeez. it wasn't the manufacturer's fault. It was 100% right. my fault because... I put a bilge pump in thinking that they have a check valve. You would think they would. I'm going to tell you what, tomorrow, mine's going to have a check valve. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Then we'll fix it. Again. So it's my fault. But, I mean, you talk about being a little nervous. I don't want to sink my boat in gator moccasin water. No. Dude, I can't. Miles from the no. closest dry land ever. I keep so, a gr yeah. gorilla tape with me in a dry bag. I always have gorilla tape with me because I have back in the old old days. My first kayak was an ocean kayak, and they're kind of you know lightweight, thin, you know, thinly molded, which is fine yeah. when you're in the ocean. But uh, you know when you're doing rocky rivers. So anyway, I, I've repaired some with gorilla tape before, and they've held up just fine for a long time. So I always keep <laughs> gorilla tape in, in the old dry bag as well as some other emergency supplies and my my angler aid kit. Dusty, what about you? Anything? What's the most adverse? Well. You know, I think I think what we're talking about here in general and what we're touching on, regardless of like what we're individually going through, is the fact that this this sport and like what we do and like these tournaments, especially these big stage three day ones, I've never seen more things go wrong. There's just this there's this uncanny nature of like things that could simply go wrong, yeah. uh, in, in, you know, in these events. Uh, and everybody has stories like that from real wild stuff to real simple stuff. Um, a few examples for me this week. Um, I. I remember on the first day of practice, it was I was on the main lake in Caddo, and it was running late, and my graph was on the second day of its battery, 
and I did not know how long it had to go. And I was kind of far from the launch and couldn't somehow get back. It's like my maps weren't guiding me. And I, I was trying to follow my, my chart plot there. And, and I, I just was like running into these Sylvania blooms that I didn't think were there on the way there. And it was, the light was fading and my, my phone was on, oh, was on red. Lord. And I, I was just like kind of having a little mild panic attack just trying to get back to the launch. I mean, that's like something that could happen. Um, yeah, it's scary. The, the, COVID, the, the COVID stuff has really um, uh, wreaked havoc with shipping. And as such, I haven't been able to get um, – uh, my, uh, my 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 team uh, packages and boats and and, and, and drives with the kick up fins. So I had my old fins, uh, and you know I was uh, bent, just bending my uh, fins left and right. I mean, you're in two feet of water and you're traveling my you mm-hmm. of a motor, and I'm traveling miles. That's now that's another story. I'm traveling miles through the swamp and I'm just bending my mass left and right. So I had to constantly rebend those. Um, and uh, yeah, no motor means just your thighs are destroyed. Yeah, I want to know where you found two feet of water. What was that? <laughs> I wonder where you found two feet yeah. of water. Well, lot, lot, most of my fish were coming in 1.3 to two, fo- two yeah. feet of water. But yeah, man, it was it was real bad. I mean, and and of course, a lot less, like a half a foot of water. You know, 0.8. You know, jeez. So a lot, a lot of stump knocking, yeah. you know, a lot of slow travel, a lot, of, a lot of a, a, a trudging around. Um, and uh, uh, day three, I didn't uh, have get an identifier with my top 100 uh, board. So I had to make some, some, oh, late, God. Late, some late night anxiety and some phone calls before I was able to uh, go to sleep. One of the uh, one of the, it, it wasn't a bad thing, but but one thing that um, was looming large each morning was the um, the pedal to my spot. It it it, it usually required uh, a lot of sweat and a lot of exha- exhaustion. Before yeah, you make your first. Yeah, I've had a few choice words for, for lines, and yes, yeah. so, so I got left in the dust by a lot of the trolling motor guys. Uh, but uh, I ground through and I was able to get four, four miles per hour or more for at least uh, 25 to 30 minutes straight before I was able to, to start my first cast. So wow. there, was a, there was a lot of, there was a lot of grueling, there was a lot of, there was a lot of grueling, uh, you know, work involved in that. For sure. Yes. Well, you got some powerful uh, legs there, man. Kicking that, you know, that Hobie around all the time. That's why yeah. you're breaking that, breaking your fins, man. You got such powerful quads, dude, from all the so most powerful muscle in my body, for sure. My thighs, the rest. <laughs> Skinny, skinny dad bod. I had a 63-year-old man every morning beat me to my spot. That was Marty Hughes. That was Marty Hughes. Yeah, with his motor, with my motor, he beat me to the opening of the lake we were fishing to, which was two and a half miles, pedaling every day. Dang, that's impressive, man. He's 63. We got to the creek, and he said, am I in your way? And I said, buddy, you outran my motor all the way to this creek. I'm not passing you in the creek. He said, not bad for a 63-year-old man, huh? Jeez, that's inspirational so. <laughs> right there. Um, so, Ken, did you have anything else to add, or do you, or do you want to move on to the next uh, topic? Um, yeah, mine's a quick one. Um, right. It's something that I think everybody can relate to in, in, in a sense. But So I think if you've heard any of our Drew and I's podcast before or be talked about anything, I don't carry a lot of tackle around with me. Um max two or three rods on the kayak so i brought four rods to louisiana from my house like that was it i brought four rods and day one of practice i broke one day two of practice broke another one so i'm down to two rods right second day of the tournament so day two of the tournament yeah broke another one so i'm done right back one yes, rod. i'm down to one rod at this point and two of those rods were two of those three rods that I broke were specific to the technique that I was using to catch fish 
So day two, after I broke that third rod, I was down to one. I had to go back to like the award or like I had to sprint to Bass Pro Shop before like the check-in and all that stuff. And I went in and bought a $50 rod for Bass Pro Shop and I put that $10 guarantee on it. So if anything happened to it, I could get like, some lures or whatever. But um, so I got, I bought that $50 rod, went to the check-in, went home that night, switched my reel over, ran the line through it, tied my lure back on. Went out, caught all five of my all my fish on it on day three on that new rod that I bought for Bass Pro. So you know, going through all my equipment basically and getting down to bare bones and still being able to to pull that out was was that's you know my equipment. My equipment was what's worrying what was worrying me at that time because I kept I kept breaking them on stupid stuff. It was they weren't failing in the sense of like the, the equipment themselves was good. One time it got caught in my pants seam and snapped the end. One time I was drifting past a stump and it grabbed it and I didn't notice it and it bent it too far and snapped. And then the other one, my braid looped around my line and I went to set the hook on something and it just snapped it because my braid just just did what it was supposed to do and be yeah. strong as heck and it just cracked it. So like it was it was not like mechanical failure in the sense of my equipment was bad. It was just bad luck. So yeah. That, you know, that was like the kind of the thing that sticks out in my mind that I like, my, I was very low on equipment in that sort of thing. Yeah. I, had, I had two hooks for, for that, or two lures specifically um, for the technique that I was using. So I, I couldn't lose those. So I retied those a couple of times other than the water. So just, just not having resources was, was my big fear and, and issue that I had. Yeah, no doubt, man. These events are stressful. They are. I mean, like, like we all laugh about it, but, and you guys know what I'm talking about. You know, I text my wife at right when the pre-tournament meeting is about to begin. And I say, Hey, I'm at the meeting. Life is about to get really fast for the next three days for me. Like my world is about to like feel like a minute, you know, but it's going to be three days. It's insane. You don't know it until you're an angler in that situation. The KBF national championship is the, the pinnacle of that feeling because they have events going on during the tournament we're at. Like it's a nonstop. You got batteries to charge because you add in the element of, of electricity and batteries and motors. That's more that can go wrong. That's more you got to deal with. So at Hobie, you don't have that. So it's just, it's just very stressful. The whole experience, it can be very stressful, but it's, I wouldn't change it for the world because it's like, it's the it's grind. So it's the championship. It's, so it's fun. Yeah. It's, it's fun, but it's, it's miserable well, all at the same time. It's pleasure and pain. It's all oh, man. Yeah, I, was, I, was just, I was just telling somebody that the, the, the minute I stopped feeling, you know, a little bit of nerves or excitement or stress or energy like that. I mean, that might be time to really reassess kind of what I'm doing. I mean, there is, there is an element that like, you know, just literally makes you feel alive, you know, gives you, you know, that, 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 you know, that, 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 that that's kind of special buzz and energy that sometimes that's sometimes hard to recapture from like, your yeah. youth from your youth when you very first experienced those, the thrill of the fish, you know, fishing or learning. And it's, uh, it's really, you know, kind of a, a neat thing that way. Yeah. One I last... try to make sure that I have all the time in the world to, to get ready. Drew is always saying, Robert, you, you, you don't have anything to do. You're always you have nothing there all the time ever because I rig all, cause I know I've got a 45 minute ride to my lake. So I rig mm. my tackle on the way there. And I want to luxurious. Just, I want to just yeah. make sure that I, engulf the whole experience of the entire thing so i want to hang out with everybody <laughs> else in the house they were like, all like uh, you know i i was ready as soon as i got back to the house and everybody's like what why do you why aren't you rig? i was like I exactly don't have anything to rig i got all i only have two rods left i have nothing to rig i so. threw a spinnerbait for freaking nine days in a row or yep. eight days in a row so i mean it sounds I, amazing i, I like to i always I, I love the hanging out in the house with the guys and i like i mean 
Like that's he says the fixture. I like helping people fix their stuff. If right. as long as mine isn't broken, I'm yeah. gonna, I'll, I'll deal with my stuff on the water because I got a 45 minute motor. Trust me, I wanted to be hanging out. Four miles an hour. I so, I wanted nothing more to be just chilling and hanging out. I wish my motor and my phone and like my rods. Oh my lord! Well, one, it was one, just... one, of, one of the weirdest things is like the twilight zone. Like where the hours of like four to eight o'clock go every day yes. after yes. practice or after the tournament. It seems like it's five minutes and it's like ten forty-seven and you're not in bed. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, and you got to wake up How? at like three o'clock and your stuff's still not ready. And it's like really, it's just it's you have to experience it. To understand it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have to. That, now, switching to one last topic, because I know we're about an hour in. I do want to get to this topic before we end it. I, I want to talk about, you know, one or two things you guys can think of. Something that could be improved on the experience. Because the cool thing is, you know, I, I really feel like, you know, Christy uh, Hoover, Chad Hoover, Amanda Brandon, all of them, um, AJ, Dwayne, and John Stewart, the guys. I feel like all of our trails – are um, confident enough in what they do and, and that they, they do a good job to accept constructive criticism without feeling like defensive. You know what I mean? I feel like they're great people. They want to put on a better trail for the anglers. That's their ultimate goal, right? Is to get more entries and, and make it better for us. So if you guys could recommend something to, you know, KBF for this event, you know, and by, before we even get into it, I want to say, I hope everyone you know, qualifies for this event and goes to it. It's amazing. So nothing we're, we're saying here, these are just small things we think could be yeah. improved. So, so definitely go to the event. It's amazing as is. So if we can help them get even better, this is our platform. This is our chance to say, you know, here's something that would have made our experience even a little bit better. Um, you guys want me to start? Or you guys have one that is just glaring. You got to kind of like get out there. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, no, like, I put all I put all my energy into 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 the concentration of like my plan, my game plan, and fishing. My hats are off to the people that organize these giant events that have to start planning a year oh, in yeah. advance, have to get permits and calls, and do red tape of, of 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 absurd variety. The very thing I got away from in my life. So for me to nitpick and like say that this could be better and that could be better, I mean, I feel like an ass doing that. However. I mean, th- I mean, technically, we this is a forum. This is a dialogue. We are trying to be constructive. We are trying to do things for the better. But I still feel like these are little selfish things that might be bothering me. Nevertheless, I mean, I guess I can volunteer and go first. Um, <laughs> I would love to see uh, the extension deadline that was given on Friday for submission that was given an hour right. later. Um, apparently, apparently, on, you know, with 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 the. Uh, stipulation that it was because of, 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 of a few anglers that had poor service. You know, I think a lot of us had poor service there. And I know for me personally, looking back, I mean, even at the time, I didn't even like probably realize how big of a deal it was. Like in hindsight, I have like, like on the ride home. And when I got home, there was, you talk to anybody, especially in our area, Robert can, Robert can verify this. There was an afternoon bite. There was a big bite. My GoPro footage. Was there. Absolutely. I, was, I was getting clutch, big fish. At the end of the day, from one fifteen to every to, to the time I had to leave, and that was the key. The time I had to leave, couldn't stay till three. Three's lines out. You, I needed every single possible cast with that buzz bait till three o'clock, and I know that that was when they were chomping. On day two and day three, I was getting bites flying back into the creek to get to, to be able to upload. I was winging cast power casting at four or five miles per hour, getting eighteen inch fish, 
And I had to leave early because I had no service whatsoever. Even if I clicked upload image with reduced quality and fishing chaos, mm -hmm. I had to get to that Wi-Fi. And I need peace right. of mind in that Wi-Fi. I need to have my fish in a photo album. I need to know my inches. I can't make any errors. I need to verify the catch log. I want to make sure that's all tip top. And for me to do that, I had to leave my spot 30 minutes to like 35 minutes earlier. And that killed me every single day. And on Friday, when they announced that, that the extension deadline was for an hour, that would have been awesome to have heard at like noon. Or I thought that because this is often the case, coverage isn't uniform for people coming from different regions with different cell phone carriers, that I think that it, and I know it's selfish that, that, that um, we shouldn't have to worry about that. We should all be able to fish to the deadline and then have at least a couple hours to submit our fish. Now, I know that causes a lot of problems on the back end with judging fish and getting things ready, you know, for, for you know, to, to upload and whatnot. But I think that would be a major relief for people because, like you had said earlier a little bit, our whole sport relies on cellular data and connectivity. And for, for, that, to be an, to, for that to be an issue right. is part of angler responsibility. But it can also be addressed this way as it was on Friday. So I think that's something to, to, to think about in the future. Um, also, also, just to nitpick, man, a little bit, um, I know a lot of us were beat up. And when we got to the ceremonies on Thursday, you know, we had to be there till like nine o'clock, maybe almost to get our boards. And, um, you know, <laughs> I hate to complain about something like that. But but really, man, that that, that I, I wish that we could have there could be a ways yeah. to, to try to celebrate and have the camaraderie and you know, and, and, and that kind of, and, and to, and to have things that just maybe a little more practical, but, but I, I understand that that might be sort of an outlandish request based on the fact that there was great food, yeah. free food, great music. Uh, and they did, they did try to try to do things as speedily as possible, but I suppose these, these would be my only like small complaints about, you know, that event. Yeah. Hey, as a former tournament director, I'm telling you, it's not, I, you know, and again, I feel like they're very confident. They do a good job. Um, and, they would appreciate. I think they'll appreciate this. So those are good, good, sure. good ones for sure. Um, and I, I think maybe a solution on that last one. Maybe again, I'm just thinking off the cuff right here. But maybe because uh, I agree, being there till late to to be in the top 100 guys. If you're listening, you had to get a special measuring board, a, a catch board that you had to use, and your identifier for the final day, right? The the last day, which was Friday. So Thursday night they had uh, music and food. And it was awesome, but. But in a tournament with motors and batteries, I have two batteries I have to charge. So, and I and I had no way to get to my Airbnb because I'm an hour and a half away from my Airbnb after the water. I had to go straight to this event, so I'm I'm not able to get batteries on charge. Uh, which means if if of course I ended up not using a battery and paddling kayak the last day. But you get my point. <laughs> I'd have to wake up at the, if I got home at nine at, at ten o'clock, which is or whenever I probably got home, I would have had to have set an alarm for two in the morning to put my different battery on charge yeah. going to bed probably at 11 or 11 30 getting two hours of sleep waking up to charge it's like i agree could they could they maybe do something like that uh, a party or big celebration like that two days prior to the event that way it's not the night before the first day just two days prior they have some sort of big you know something else happening uh i don't know i don't know if they could do it a few days before or something well, I'm sure, I'm sure they thought things through. There's logistics of giving the top 100 their boards and identifiers. I mean, there's all types of situations, and I'm sure they entertained yeah. it thoroughly. But um, you know, it's 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 not a perfect world. And yeah. and if I had, and if I had to do it again that way, I would do it the same exact way because ultimately I, I had a great time. Yeah. I guess exactly. the saving grace though is that all 100 of those people had to do this deal with the same thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
for you know sure. I mean? Nobody was getting home until at least yeah. after that board was yeah. handed out that night. So <laughs> at sure. the end of the day, yes, was it frustrating? Did I want to be there that whole time? Yeah. You know, social anxieties aside, like I don't like live music. It makes me uncomfortable, like that sort of stuff. Yeah. But like everybody was in the same situation of like not getting home till late because like everybody had to wait for their board. You know what I mean? Like it, it yeah. is what it is sort of thing. Like it's part of the game at that point is you got to, I guess, realize that if there's going to be those social functions during this um, big conglomerate of people for this national event, that if you're waiting on day three, you're going to be tired. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Maybe they could have given the boards and made the optional to stick around the optional. Maybe they could have given them out like a little earlier, like 7 PM or something. And then you, if you want to stay and keep, keep celebrating cool and eat food, drink, yeah. whatever. But if not, yeah. at least you can go. Yeah. I don't if, you're know. The, if you're on the list, grab your board. If you'd like to stay and have some food, please. If you'd like to go home and get some rest. Yeah. Your options. Yeah. That, that might've been yeah. good. Um, anybody have another one they want to toss out there? I got I mean, one. I have one little thing and it's not about the, what happened specifically that we had to do. It's how the change, when the change happened. So like basically they introduced that we had to start recording the release videos for our fish fine it wasn't hard it actually makes a nice little break of files in your phone so then you know where the pictures were you took beforehand yeah. and yeah. stuff like that instead of always having to take a selfie or one of the sky or one of the spot or whatever you do for your own personal thing it, it works out really nice just go practice it if this is what they're going to do moving forward anybody out there that plans on participating in a KBF event, just practice it. You take a video of your fish on the board, you pick it up, you let it go, you go back to the board, you're done. Like, it's not hard. Just make sure your pictures are good before you do it. However, my issue is with when they roll this right. out. Why are we adding new things at the national championship to do that are required for us to do? You've, you've had people fishing in your trail for a year qualifying for this event trying to qualify for this event, trying to get themselves set up for AOI, trying to, and they've been practicing their technique when the most crucial technique that you have after catching the fish is getting a good picture of it. And have, you know, and everybody has their routine that they, that they do that. And you are requiring them to change that routine by adding in this rule during the national championship. Like, not, a, not the most ideal time right. to roll out something brand new for anglers to do. Uh, but like, yeah. you said, like you said, it wasn't difficult. It was well explained. There were plenty of examples. And ultimately, yes. it was something, something that most people shouldn't have a problem with if they, if they forgot, if they remember. Yes. That. I don't have an issue with having to do it. That's not my point. My yeah. point is time of presentation right. for yeah. new rules and requirements. Absolutely. Yeah, right, right. I kind of do like the rule. I mean, honestly, I, I think it's just yeah. – it helps I, us I like ensure – ensure that you know people aren't out there you know cheating you know or they can't cheat quite as easily that yeah. you know whatever but anyway no i agree with you ken that's a good point i mean rolling out fresh the nc when we have so much else going on so much information and schedules and stuff happening is uh you know maybe next time they can do it uh earlier in the year or something do some tests i don't know but yeah good that's a good one robert you got anything you can think of the only thing I have is I got a I got a phone call on the third day <clears throat> at four o'clock that I had to take a lie detector test and I was like, Why would I have to take a lie detector test? I've not had a great tournament and I think that I think this stuff I mean I hundred percent agree with lie detector tests. I think they're great. I think they need to be implemented, but I don't think they need to be random. 
you don't just put a bunch of names in a hat and then draw guy number 79 out of 100. It needs to have a lot of different mm-hmm. tests. Separate your top 10, hit your ladder detector test on the guys that matter, and leave yeah. it alone. Period. Right. I mean, I, because I, here's the thing I knew I was borderline the 10. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call. I look at it, and it's got Chad Hoover's name. And I was like, "Oh goodness!" And like my heart <laughs> just jumped out of my chest. I'm like, "He, he's in, he, in his response." And it was, "Hey, I got some delightful news for you." And I was like, "That's awesome!" Like I thought I made it. And then all of a sudden, you you're my random draw for the lie detector test. And I was like, "Whoa, that's not what I thought you were going to say." But regardless of that situation, <laughs> I lie detector. I, I think that lie detector tests need to be on the top guys, not the guy that finished 34th or 32nd or whatever, don't make it random, hit the guys at the top and then go from there. I mean, that's, yeah. don't just randomly, random lie detector is not going to sort out anything. It's going to just, I mean, who cares if the guy in 37th place lied? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, that's, I agree. That, that, that's a good one. That's a good one. It, you know, and all I have is a, uh, it's got a, a few quick ones, but dusty, uh, I agree with you about the, the time thing. They, they should have, let us know about that extension earlier. Yeah. Like not even noon because that like, like I think Ken, you said at the house, like, well, you didn't have signal at noon. You wouldn't have known there was, you had an hour extra like that, you know, before the tournament, because that was angler's responsibility to know if they had signal or not. They had test tournaments going on that, you know, the pre-fishing big bass. So people had opportunities yep. to, to learn their signal. So that's, and that did give some people. That's our job. Yeah. That's our job. That's so. That's what's I, preached. Yeah. That's what's preached. It's your responsibility. So, yeah. So that was, you know, you know, if we could go back in time and, and fix that, I'm sure they'd, they'd prefer probably to, to mention it beforehand as well. Cause I, yeah. I know they probably got a little bit of a grief from that, yeah. but um, you know, also the other one, one of the ones I thought was uh, could, you guys probably didn't deal with this, but uh, maybe you did. I don't know, but on uh, this is more of a fishing chaos thing. And I talked to John uh, who runs fishing chaos and they're continually improving. So he's going to make, they're going to make some improvements, but you know, you go to tournament dashboard and then you go to your entries and there's nowhere to once the leaderboards are shut off. There's nowhere to actually see, you know, when you've submitted, you know, whatever seven, eight, nine, ten fish in a day, they'll say official if they've been judged and they're official. But yeah. there's no way to see how many inches you have that, they, that which which of those fish, you know, counted, and what what is the tournament app showing I have? Because I know in my head I've done the math. I know what I've got, so I know what that should it should reflect that. But the leaderboard's off, and I can't see that. Well, so can't I don't you, know. Can't, can't you go in your catch log and just do math? You could. Well, but no, that takes you, Yeah, exactly. You could. Well, yeah, but you also don't. Yeah. But you also don't know because when you're submitting with low signal, you've got. Um, here's what happens. A lot of my fish would show up without a photo and it'd say 17 and a half, another catch log, yep. 17 and a half, another one, 17 and a half. And then like another one, 17 and a half with a photo. So I'm like, is it counting all those? Because it shouldn't be because it doesn't know it's a duplicate. See what I'm saying? It may mm-hmm. not know it's a duplicate. So it's like very, co- like, like on tourney X, for example, you can go in your, your live well or whatever. You can see your, your, the, your five, the five that it's pulling as your score yep. and it can show your total and then you know your total because you know your biggest five you got you know it it's 89 and a half and if if it says 89 and a half you know there's no issue um so i would you know i think they're going to make that adjustment where you can see that even when the leaderboard's off now when the leaderboard's on it's no problem you can see which five it's pulling is it pulling the correct five not duplicates you can you can see that because it actually had a duplicate on day one for me and i had to let them know Hey, because the leaderboard stayed up on day one. So it was easy. I was like, hey, guys, that's a duplicate. 
uh, before I even get challenged, I want to let you know about it. You can take it off. So they did that. But the other thing was um, on, on that, you know, similarly with the, the fishing chaos app, it could also just show us, um, oh, dang it. What was the other, there's another thing. Again, I forgot. There was, there's two things about the app. Um, not just how many inches you had. There's one other thing that would have been nice to, to see. Oh, oh, it was whenever there is a, a fish that has been deducted. See, I had one that was 17 inches and it, and it said 16. And I didn't know why. Now, this is something that I believe the KBF staff has to put in. The Fishing Chaos guys told me there's a place for them to put in. But I'm not getting the emails because, like, as you guys know, we were in about 10 things. So when you, you get an email, when you're submitting fish, you're in like 10 tournaments, like the Louisiana challenge, uh, state oh, challenge, like the monthly receipt for each, for each fair. Yeah. You're there's like a million of them and a million emails and you can't keep up and understand. But if you, it'd be nice if, if in your catch log, if it could just show you your five, that it's pulling your five biggest. I, and I then, thought that's what I thought they do. No, on, on the leaderboard, it does on the actual leaderboard. But once the leaderboard's down, there's nowhere to see it. It's tournament dashboard entries. And then it shows all the entries you've submitted. On so that then, date? Okay. Yeah, so then you're trying to look, and, like, some of them say official, some don't, and then some okay. might be deducted. My, one of them said red. It was uh, disqualified because the, okay. there was glare. But, see, it's disqualified, <laughs> but it didn't. there wasn't a note saying, why is this fish disqualified? I'm looking at it. The identifier's there. Everything's in the photo. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. It's still within tournament hours to submit fish, so I'm confused on what to do because there's not a note saying what's wrong. And I, it puts yeah, a lot I of stress on you. Did you? Yeah, it puts a lot of stress because you don't know. If I knew, I would submit a better photo. Yeah. And I just had to call them, which is more stress and time. And they're getting more phone calls. And it's like, why is this fish DQ'd completely? What did I do wrong? What 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 are you guys seeing that I'm not yeah. seeing? And they said, there's a glare on your identifier. We can't fully see it. Okay, that's fine. If I would have just known that in the message on that fish yeah. where it said DQ'd, I would have just replaced it. Same thing with the 16-incher that uh, was really 17. I guess my hand was too close to the tail. Uh, even though not nearly as close as I, I and other people, I know uh, Robert. You had one that was right on the tail, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Hey, I had a real DQ'd at all, or it wasn't wasn't deducted at all. So I didn't know why that was deducted. In hey, so, for everybody for everybody listening, you're you're talking to people who have been doing this for quite some time, and we still make mistakes. Yeah, still, we still submit stuff with like with 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 frames or glares and stuff. So for everybody listening. Make sure your picture is good before that fish is released. That's why I love to carry a net. The fish yeah. goes back in the yeah. net. Fish goes back in the net in the water, and I take my and I take at least ten seconds, and I look for the three, two or three checklists on the picture: yeah. mouth closed, uh, you know, ID visible, and nothing wrong, you know, with the fish. And you know, yeah. I'm even more paranoid than you, Dusty. Uh, if it's 18 plus, it gets the fish grips and the net in the water. Am I? Am I <laughs> In my six years doing this, this weekend, I got my first fish. Six years, I don't know how many hundreds of fish, I finally got my first one DQ'd. Yeah. Because I cut the fence off touching the nose. I had another picture at 16 inches, but I had a good picture at 16 and a quarter that got DQ'd because I just, I didn't double check that one picture where the fence was touching the nose and you could, you could only see... I mean, you. I missed the. I missed the nose touching the fence of the board by less a hundredth of an inch. Yeah. But like as a, a couple judge, pixels. as a judge, a hundred. I saw the picture. A couple yep. pixels. Yep. It wasn't yeah. much. As a judge, a hundred times, I would have denied that fish if anybody in the entire country would have put it through. It didn't matter. So. Yeah. So finally, I got one DQ'd. So. <laughs> yeah, you know the only thing else 
only other thing I can think of is, uh, you know, I think it, they kind of have to do it this way, but I, I almost wish that all these championships weren't bottled into one together in some ways. Me in, too. Some, in some ways I like it, but I, but it's, it's kind of frustrating. I know uh, for, I'm not going to say the angler's name, but there was an angler who I talked with at Kentucky Lake and he was like, man, I'm having the worst year ever. I haven't cast a check and Hobie and KBF, you know, not at all. And I'm like, dude, really? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, wow, you're, he's such a good angler. How is that possible? But the way their point system works, it's, it's so heavy. It's even it's so weighted heavily on this last event for the AOI, oh, which, which is the points. 10 house. Yeah. Which is the 10 house. Right. So that this angler is in the 10 house and I had what four top, you know, a second, a, a third, a fourth, like all these like top finishes in the entire year on the KBF trail series. And I got whatever it was like 29th out of 350 at this championship. It's not like I had a bad event and I fell so far down and it's not indicative of my actual gear. If you looked at to put the two anglers, the stats side by side on the finishes for the year. And you said, which one of these is in the 10 house? There's no way in the world. Anyone would say that the other angler because drew, clearly- I drew, I broke it down and I didn't want to, but I had to, and I broke it yep. down. And I would have made the 10 house by an inch and three quarters if it was just the straight regular points yeah. throughout the whole season. Don't give points and a half to give the let not I don't for lack of better term, the lesser a better advantage. Mm-hmm. But if it would have been straight across the board, no matter what, the same way they did all season long, I'd have made the 10 house by an inch and three quarters. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean it's, it's so angler of the year. Is, is that is it is it weighted like that to encourage participation? I don't understand why it's weighted like no, that. No, I don't because people would still participate. This is a national championship. They would still go there for that purse and that experience. Like you don't need to get draw people there What's, for that what you, reason. What, what, what do you think's the mentality I, behind I, such I, a heavy weight? I think it's of because of history because clubs used yeah. to do it all the time. I right, and and it's the national nobody ever had a reason. It's the yeah. championships you feel like it should be, but Bassmaster and none of the other series do anything like that. They the AOI is strictly all the regular season events, and that's it. All way to the same. That's yeah. angler of the year, not angler of the national championship weekend. Who had a good? I mean, dude, if you got in the top ten in that tournament with nine hundred points for a win, as opposed to six hundred in the regular season with nine point decrements, you could move up so freaking much. It, to me, it's just it's a little bit. It's just not the best reflection of the angler of the year. So actually, now you're still usually getting a lot of good anglers and top names. I'm not saying you can just be you are for sure. Hunt, you know you are, but I, I just think that would be something that would be closer to what the angler of the year the year is. Yeah, I mean, there's those, guys you know, though that anyway. get in. It. There is guys that get in there just like. What did I get into? Like they don't even know because they yeah they didn't know they, that yeah well, yeah because I mean, they got so look at this like I going into the weekend I was a hundred and third on the AOI list right right hundred and third I had a good year for me and I'm not you know but I had a win and then I had a couple medium finishes and I should be nowhere near like AOI status like that sort of stuff I went from with my twenty well. Actually, it's even worse because I my it was only two days and I had that eighty five inch day too, um, so I dropped yeah. a little bit and had like a worse standing than I did at the end of the national championship completely. Right. But with that finish, even still, I jumped up to forty first place. Yeah, one of I our housemates. Geez. One of our housemates, not going to mention names, didn't even make the hundred, 
and he moved up 35 places. Yeah, I, I jumped 60 places, Jeez. over like 62 places, and I had a bad day too. So, yeah, right. I mean, anyway, that's if, just if, something if, that... if it's going to be if it's going to be the top 10, then let's not give an advantage to the rest of the field on the last day of the year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, th- I agree. Keep it um, legit right across the board. Don't change it. Keep it. Yeah, keep it even for sure. I mean, every other tournament was the same, but uh, and maybe even make it three days, make the whole trail series championship three, I all, agree three, all three too, days. Sure. It's just only going to allow the, the better anglers to really prove themselves. And uh, again, it's not even, I'm, I, I promise I'm not saying, saying that because it, it kind of hurt me. And I know you're not because it hurt you. I just feel like I understand why I've heard people say this in the past for the, the national championship when it was double points, they're like, man, waited so much. So many people fell super far and without even having a horrible really event. And some people jumped up like crazy. And I was like, I didn't just, I didn't understand what they were saying until now that I've been put in that situation. I'm like, Oh my goodness, look at my year compared to somebody else's year. Who's in the 10 house. And I'm like, how it's angler of the year. How in the world are they in there? And I'm not. And then you look at the points and it's like, well, that's why. So anyway, it's all good. I had two firsts and a ninth. And I got beat out by a guy that had a seventh, a thirteenth, and a thirteenth, a seventh, eleventh, and thirteenth. Yep. It don't make any sense. No, not really. But hey, anyway, we're we're just kind of like Dusty said earlier. These are little little things we'd love to see them change. And and I'm sure they're they're hopefully that someone can even forward this to them. And they'll listen because I think we had some good constructive feedback, and we love the event. We we can't wait for next year's already. Um, Absolutely. So, are they so I'm, doing I'm any auto qualifying from that? For next year, uh, like if you end up in the top fifty or something, or top yeah one hundred, I uh, anything about that. They usually do. So usually it's in the money. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. For if you're in the money, I'm almost certain you're you're back in the national championship for next year. Why are you thinking of just taking a break and only fishing the NC? I was just curious. <laughs> you know what? I mean, go down and practice for the next next eleven. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna Lake, live on Kentucky Lake, Lake every weekend. <laughs> yeah, what's yeah, up, yeah, right. What's up? What's up with the uh? What's up with like the lack of a public payout structure? Has a payout structure been posted for the KBF National Championships? There, I don't know. There was a payout chart pre, but there was there was a chart that you had available to in Fishing Chaos that you could look at. However, there was, to my knowledge, there is no post on any final what everybody's getting. There was not. Yet. <clears throat> All right, that's interesting. Hopefully we'll get that soon, and we can see how many, how many. Yeah, yeah, how many fantasy points we're going to get for Guillermo and Cody and those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, unless you want to tell your story, Dusty, we can wrap this up. It's so out of context. I mean, you, you, it's, it's like you almost kind of like have to be. Yeah, there. yeah. All right, we'll what save, we're save it for another. You. No, we're going to save it for another time because I know you're going to be back on. Yeah, and, uh, everybody's listening. Maybe you'll get lucky enough if you're on the dusty. He'll tell you in person. <laughs> it's a good. I, I told my well, wife. I told my wife the story, and she thought it was the funniest thing like ever. She well, died yeah, laughing. You, what What you so, should really do is get Matt Scotch to tell it because that's he, true. Was, he was the one that was like witnessing it. Um, but that's true. But but I can totally see what he might have heard and saw if, if if I was him. You know, with what I was saying and doing. I mean, it, it must have well, just been wild. All right, we'll leave it a mystery. Dusty, I'm gonna yeah, get calling you we'll, later. We'll get Matt hey, Scotch hey, Dusty, on. Did you un, did you uninstall any ceiling fans in your house? 
What? Did you uninstall any ceiling fans in your house? No, ask Drew if he uninstalled any ceiling fans in his house. Why? I'm just curious. Rod tip, Rod tip havoc in the house. Oh, Oh, man. All right. Well, before we get completely off the rails, we'll wrap this up. Uh, But I appreciate you guys coming on, chatting about the NC. Thanks again to KBF and all your staff. You guys are awesome. Um, Amanda did, you know, she responded to me. She had a lot going on. When I had questions, when I had questions, she responded. And and yeah, they crushed it, man. They absolutely crushed it. You know, yep. we, like Dusty said and Drew Reader, we had our gripes, and there are minor, there's always going to be minor things for each individual person. Hey, I think this is the first national championship in history that there wasn't a a big yeah. measure in glitch. That's yeah. true. That's true. I mean, it did it did all function and, and work, and it, and it did the team thing alongside of it. You only had to submit fish once for all the everything. Yep. It, it did work. So I think it did a fantastic job. Yeah, it was, yeah, it they did. crushed it, man. I, I couldn't. I couldn't imagine running something like that, like being part of that team. Like it was it's hard enough for me to fish three days. It's hard yeah. enough for me to fish three days clean, let alone run an event like that. Exactly. <laughs> me too, clearly. So anyway, <laughs> all right, guys. Thanks again. I'm not used to doing this. Jimmy does this. So I guess uh, there's got to be, is there a closing to this? There's, I don't know. It's probably next. Day. <laughs> I don't see it. I don't I see any it, closing. Yeah. It's Wait, closer. Yeah, here we go. Closer. There it is. It's the closer. It's the of closer. I've got the All fixer. Right. Now we got the closer. That's right. The fixer, the closer, and the, the fixing the closer, guys. Exactly. And I'm the I'm the breaker. I break things. So the fixer, the closer, the breaker, and 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 Ken. I don't know if you're Ken. what you are, Doctor Noisewater. Ken. Still, I don't it's know. Dr. Just kidding. All right, guys. We'll catch you later. Thanks again for tuning in. How about that? That's yeah. right, facilitator. All right, guys. Catch you later. Here we go. Exit out. I see you. Thanks for tuning in to another killer episode on Paddle and Fin. Don't forget to go check out our website at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin.com. Don't forget to check out the YouTube channel at Paddle and Fin. If you got a question, comment, want to hear from a future guest on a future episode, feel free to email us at Paddle, the letter N, and Fin at gmail.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Paddle and Fin on Facebook and Instagram. Shout out to our show supporters, Angler, the Angler Button, and app just makes for a better time on the water and creates a virtual logbook for every fishing outing out on the water. Shout out to Rocktown Adventures, located in northern Illinois, for all your kayaking, camping, and hiking needs. Shout out to Jigmasters Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Go to jigmasters.com. Yeah.